for you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. While you're turning there, once again, we do want to welcome our radio audience. We thank the Lord that you're able to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. Once again, this is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just inside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We do have a sign on either end of Laurel Road, giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel. And we thank the Lord that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. And today you have heard uh, not only the congregational singing, but you've heard a, a good number of our young people that have been singing. And we thank God for all of our young people that participate in our worship hour. Pray God will bless your hearts and your ears by, by hearing that. It's always a blessing to us. We do thank God. Pray the Lord would just continue, as I said, to add uh, to our young people. We thank God for that. We just pray the Lord continue to do so. And again, I want to uh, give you a, a little a card that was given to us by Sister Karen Prince. Sister Karen has... I wanted to send her her gratitude to this church family and thankfulness for all that you've done during the, uh, the time of the funeral of, of uh, her nephew, Nicky Allen. So we're thankful for that, and we'll have the card up front here if you'd like to read it. But at any rate, uh, you know, I thank the church also again, as I did last week. We thank, thank you for all that you've done, and what a blessing you've been to my wife's family. It's truly been, truly was a, was a heartfelt and, and it really warmed our hearts to know that there are those that were there to support our, her family in that great time of need. And truly it was a very, very hard time for the family, no doubt. I just want you to continue to pray for the Carroll family. Pray God will continue to give them the grace they stand in need of. And just pray God will be gracious there. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. We're going to read down through verse 14. I want you to just listen to the Word of God today. I want you that are saved to have a mind of rejoicing for what's been done for you. You need to have a mind that's settled in peace. Your heart needs to be settled today. Tonight, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're going to be doing so uh, with this thought in mind that God has sent His Son to die for us on the cross of Calvary. He shed His precious blood, was buried, and rose again the third day that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what we are needing to remember tonight. We are needing to remember, not only tonight, but every day that we awake, we need to remember what it took to purchase our salvation. We need to remember the scourgings, the uh, the beatings, uh, the, the, the terrible treatments of, of at least four trials that he went through. And they were false trials. They were false accusations brought forth. And that's what we're to remember throughout the day and tonight. I also want you to remember what it took uh, to, for Jesus to hang there on the cross of Calvary. And I'm, I, I want you to know the physical pain was more than any of us could have bore. I, I understand that. And it would have been. As a matter of fact, the Bible states uh, in, in Scripture that, uh, you know, the, the 40 lashes normally would be enough for a man to die under. 
But then I think about, I think about the crucifixion. Now think about how Jesus willingly laid down His body. He willingly gave His body. Not only for the physical abuse, but He put upon His shoulders our sins and our iniquities. That's what I want you to remember today. And I want you that are here and saved by the grace of God to be able to rejoice because our sins are no longer upon our backs, but it's on the the shoulders of Jesus Christ as He went to the cross of Calvary. As a matter of fact, when Jesus Christ was hanging there on the cross, when He cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachnii, that is to say, my God, my God, Why hast thou forsaken me? You want to know why that God turned his back upon his son? You want to know why the darkness filled the air during those hours while he was upon the cross of Calvary? Because he was placing upon him our sins. God is such a holy God that he wouldn't even look upon his own son as he hanged there in agony, as he hanged there paying our sin debt. God turned His back on His only Son. That's the reason why today that you need to be rejoicing. Because Jesus, even though God His Father turned His back upon Him, Jesus willingly stayed on the cross of Calvary, even being able to call 10,000 legions of angels to come and aid Him. Listen, He never done it. Even though they were able to come and and annihilate every person that was there making fun of Jesus as He hung on the cross of Calvary. Jesus simply looked up to heaven and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You need to be happy today. You need to be rejoicing today. If you're saved by the grace of God, you need to have a joyful heart because Jesus would not come off the cross but yet He died to save your soul. Folks, I want you to know something. As I sat and I pondered this message throughout the week and as I, different thoughts would come to me, I'd go to my study and I would get a little ticket note out and I would write down this, this idea or this thought or I eventually ended up with an outline that I, that I feel was, was something that I know that's God sent and that made my heart rejoice. I don't know about your darkest sins. But this one thing I do know, I know my darkest sins and I'm thankful today that they're all under the blood of Jesus Christ and I'm thankful today that He died to pay even my darkest, darkest sins. Now folks, that makes me happy. That makes me, as a, as, even as a man of God today, that makes me rejoice in the fact of knowing that He saved me by His grace. Now I want you to listen to these words. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord's your Savior within this message, and as already in the prelude of the message, you have already heard how Jesus Christ came to die for sinners. Whether you realize it or not, you're a sinner if you're not saved by the grace of God. And those of you that are saved, you need to realize also, we're still sinners. There aren't any of us that are perfect. 
But we are saved sinners. Amen. We're saved by the grace of God. The Bible says in verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. Wasn't your will that made this happen? You know, you hear so many today uh, uh, telling you, to, well, it's all up to you. No, it was God's will that brought about my salvation. God moved upon my will. It wasn't my will that was, that was even imposed, that imposed upon God. It was God's will imposing upon my will. That's what made all the difference to me in my salvation. It was to the pleasure of His goodwill. Today, if you're here and you're in this house, it is by God's goodwill that you're here to hear the glorious gospel, the good news of salvation. The Bible goes on to say this, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Well, I was going to sing just a moment ago, I was going to sing Amazing Grace. I was going to have all of our men to come up and I got ahead of myself. But I love that old song, Amazing Grace. Amen. I love to hear, I love to hear uh, uh, that chorus of men that stand here and those young men to sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Folks, I want you to know today that I joy in the Lord because I've truly been saved by the grace of God. I know the joys of salvation that I've been preaching on for the last month. I realize that God in His grace and His mercy hath bestowed upon me a love that I did not deserve that I did not earn that I couldn't keep by myself but God you know what when you hear those two words it's always joy to my heart but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Folks, I want you to know something today. I rejoice in this scripture. The Bible goes on to say, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded unto us, or abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Now this is what I want you to get a hold of today. If you're saved by the grace of God today, if you've been born again, listen, the Bible states that you have an inheritance there is something special. Listen, down here upon the earth, we may not get an inheritance. We may not earn an inheritance. We may lose our inheritances. But there's an inheritance that's been given us that shall never be bought or, or sold. We have an inheritance that shall never be taken away from us. 
We have an inheritance that regardless of our standing with our Father, listen, our state is satisfied. The Bible states this, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him that worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Now listen to this. In whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth of the gospel. Now my friend, there's something very special here that I want you to get a hold of. It's that little word trust. It's a little word that, that should grab a hold of your mind today. Oftentimes I have people say, well, what does it take to be saved by the grace of God? What does it take? What does it really mean to be saved? The Bible simply states that we're to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and His crucifixion, His death, burial, and resurrection. In order to be saved by the grace of God, we have to trust that He died for us at Calvary. Now I want you to think about this. The Bible says in verse 13, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that you believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of His glory. Now I'm going to stop right there. That's going to be the, the bulk of our reading and uh, our scripture reading. But I want you to get a hold of these last few lines. Number one, we have to trust in order to be saved by the grace of God. It comes right down to a heart issue. It comes right down to a faith issue. And the Bible tells us that, listen, without faith it is impossible to please God. This is what I want you to know today. That it takes believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and believing by faith. You say, well, how, how can I believe by faith? When the Bible states that I don't have no faith of my own. The Bible states that the faith that we're given is a gift of God. And that gift comes through the hearing of the Word of God. So, as I state always, listen, you're in the house of God today. You're hearing an old-time preacher of God who's telling you the old-time gospel. Listen, it is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. To those that believe. Listen, I want you to consider these thoughts today. I want you to consider the reading of our, of our Scripture as I open up today, I, I speak to Emmanuel Mystery Baptist Church. I speak to our visitors and our radio audience. And once again, I'm thankful that today you're in this place of worship. I thank God today that you have filled this house and you have come to worship in spirit and truth. And I thank God today that we have lost people in the house of God because here's where these things can change the life of an individual. One of the greatest truths we can get a hold of today is that we, the born again, have been given certain promises as it concerns our salvation. Tonight, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, let us be reminded of these sure and certain promises which offers peace, which truly 
goes beyond our understanding. As I stated just a moment ago, the very first thing that you got to get a hold of is trust. There has to be trust issues. Now listen, I understand that there are some people today that have a problem with trust because they have been let down so many times by friends, family, and acquaintances. I understand that. But listen, we're not talking in the physical realm today. I'm talking about a spiritual realm. I'm talking about a trust that you can actually bank on. I'm talking about a trust that you can count on. I'm talking about a trust that will get you saved by the grace of God. That will have you to understand that you have a friend in Jesus. The Bible states the very first thing we have to get a hold of is that we have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. In verse 13 of our text of Ephesians 1, the Bible says, In whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You see, it comes right down to this one thing. You know, you, know, you can make all the excuses you want about not being saved or whatever it is, but this is where it comes right down to. Listen, you're going to hear the gospel today. You're going to hear the hope of salvation. You're going to hear the truth today. And the, the only thing that's going to change your life right now from what it is now to what it could be after a while is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting Him as Savior. Believing the Scriptures. That's what the Bible states here. You, after that you trusted and after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. This word trusted is a word which brings a strong assurance which will always lead us. As the psalmist says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Psalm 23 and verse 2. Listen, this trust leads to security. That's where you need to be today, isn't it? The reason why that you have all these questions is because you're insecure in what your thoughts are saying. Your heart is telling you one thing and your mind is telling you another. And your security is not there because you don't know what to trust. Listen, understand this. Now I want you to get a hold of this. You want to have the right heart? Trust God. You want to have the right frame of mind? You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Listen, don't trust your heart. Listen, I hear that all the time. Just do what your heart says. Listen, the Bible states in the book of Jeremiah that our hearts are desperately wicked. So don't trust in your inner thoughts. You know where you need to trust? What you hear here today. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the very breath of God. This is the words that God wants you to know, that God wants you to hear even this morning as you sit in this house of God, as you come to this place of worship. Listen, the Bible says, this is what I want you to know. That's what God's telling you today. God wants you to know what salvation is. Salvation, number one, the Bible states is of the Lord. Get a hold of that. But listen, know this, that salvation is a life-changing event in your life. It changes everything. What is security? What is it to know security? What is it to know that, that you have trusted the right thing? You know, oftentimes we go through life and, and we have certain friends in our circles. We have family that we can count on. You have people that you really trust in. And what happens? What happens when you're really trusting in somebody 
And all of a sudden, they pull the rug out from under your feet. They're not nearly the best friend that you thought they were. They're not nearly as close as a brother as you thought they was. Listen, the Bible states that you can trust in Jesus Christ, though. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, is what the Bible says. That's a reason why today that you can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting the Lord. This is what brings about salvation in an individual today. Trust what you're hearing through God's Word. You see, this is God's Word. Oftentimes I've heard men say, well, that's a, that's a translation of God's... Well, it is a translation of God's, uh, God's uh, uh, original manuscripts. I understand that. But this is the Bible. This is the King James Version. This is the one that I feel according to its Scripture readings, according to the, the, the scrolls that have been found. Listen, this is the book for the English-speaking people today. And you know what it is? It's God's breath. I hear men tell tell you all the time, well, it's not inspired. This is the inspired Word of God, folks. Well, a bunch of men wrote this book and it it took a long time to do it and, and it took a whole lot of men and there's a whole lot of books in here. They're all different. Listen, this is God's Word that He wants you to know about Him today. Think about that. Security, according to the dictionary, is stated like this. It is a state of feeling or being safe and protected. There's only one place to find that really and truly, folks. And that's in the Lord. Amen. I mean, mom and dad's going to do everything we can for you. But listen, I can't do everything. Listen, your grandma and grandpa is going to do everything they can for you, but they cannot do everything. And we can't fix every problem you've got. But listen, I know one who can. Amen. I know the one who can. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's saying, come unto me and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. The second definition is, is, is recorded like this in a dictionary. It is that which gives assurance that something of value will not be taken away. I love that definition that I found in the collegiate dictionary in, in, our, in our home, in my study. It tells exactly what trust is. I'm trusting in something that nobody can take away from me. That's exactly how I would describe our salvation. As a matter of fact, if you'll go over to the book of Romans, you know here the Bible states it very plainly that, listen, there's nothing can take uh, separate us from the love of God. There's absolutely, if you're saved by the grace of God, and, you're, and maybe you're in this house today and you're thinking, well, I just don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can hang on. I don't know if I can do this or that. Listen, you understand this. It ain't me hanging on to God. It's God hanging on to me. Amen. It's God who's got me in His hands. I ain't hanging on to His hand. He's hanging on to mine. Now notice what it says in Romans 8 here. I do want to give special attention to verses 31 down through verse 39. And here the Bible says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You know what? That tells me that I can trust God. Amen. I can trust the Savior. I can trust He who gave His life. The Bible says, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, 
How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. There's where my joy comes from. As the devil runs to and fro, and as the devil's bringing accusation against us, listen, he doesn't have to lie against us. We're sinners. Listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, you're still a sinner, but you're a saved sinner, amen? And you'll still have this, this, uh, this old inner man that's always wanting to fight with the new man. But notice what he says here. Jesus Christ is making intercession for us. He's speaking on our behalf. And what is he saying? As, as the devil goes to God and he brings up that, that accusation, Jesus Christ looks at his Father and he says, But Father, they're mine. I have saved them and they're mine forevermore. I am, listen, I go back and I think about what the Bible says here on down. We're going to get to it in just a moment. But I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Listen, I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Notice that. Being sealed, that means I'm protected. It goes back to the ark, you see. Back at the ark, Noah was told how to protect the insides of the ark. How to, how to uh, uh, keep it from leaking and how to keep it from, from the, the, act, the outside to coming in and the inside from going out. The Bible says seal it within and without. In other words, that is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And listen, know that when the Holy Spirit has got you sealed, you're saved forevermore. Amen. And nothing can take that away. I go to verse 37 of Romans 8. The Bible says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Now listen to this. The Apostle Paul had a way of speaking, didn't he? He was a, he was a rough old character, but listen, he had a lot of eloquence about him. He had a, a, a way of getting this to the people's ears. And he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Listen, that covers a whole lot of ground there, doesn't it? But listen, Paul ain't through yet. He says, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, I want you to know, that makes me joy today, and that's something I can trust in. Amen? That's something I can rejoice about. And listen, that's something you can trust in too. If you're not saved by the grace of God today and you don't know the Lord's your Savior, you can trust Him today and know that He'll save you and He'll claim you as His own. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll go back here again and the Bible states this in Ephesians chapter 1 and looking at verse 19 and verse down to verse 21, the Bible says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him on His 
own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. You know what? After God raised his son from the grave, he placed him in a place of prominence. Amen? Amen. Listen, I want you to know that's who you can trust in today. That's who you can believe in even now. And I just pray God will move upon your, your thought process even now. Trust leads us to a place of security and satisfaction. As a matter of fact, in the book, book of Philippians, if you're right there close, listen, going over a few pages in Philippians in chapter 4, notice what it says here in verse 7. And think about this now. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You're saved by the grace of God. That's, that's your promise today. You're sitting there and you're wondering, what in the world am I to do? You're thinking about this word, this word salvation, and you're wondering, where do I go? What do I do? How can I obtain it? Listen, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and His crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, and thou shalt be saved. Romans in chapter 10, the Bible tells us very plainly there exactly what it means to be saved by the grace of God and how to be saved by the grace of God. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And folks, that's what brings about today the salvation of the Lord. Believing on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believing on the gospel. Oftentimes I've heard people say, well, what exactly is the gospel? I've heard everything from all different walks of life. I've heard everything from every faith. Listen, there's only one faith that will save you. And that's the saving faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I want you to know what the Bible says here. Listen, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is the beginning of our joy. Being able to trust makes all the difference when it comes to a peaceful state of mind. You're no more tormented. Right now, if you're under conviction of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit presence, listen, you know this and I know this. Listen, that you're even now, you're in a mind of turmoil. That's what conviction does. It causes your heart to be broken and causes you to see what you are in the eyes of the holy God of heaven. And that should break your heart. The Bible states here, now get a hold of this. Now I want you to think about this. This is where you come to a place of peace. There is a promise given to the redeemed that no one or anything can stop. That's peace. Your mind is being tormented today over this pit, over this thing of salvation. Listen, that's a good thing because that tells me that the Holy Spirit may be dealing with you. But listen, I understand this also that there is a way of salvation. 
And the Bible's plain about it. It tells you very plain. Listen, John chapter 14, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, as He's speaking here, tells us that He wants us to have that peace. The peace that I talked of in, in Philippians 4 and 7, where it passeth all understanding. The Bible says, verse 27, John 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You want to be saved today? Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.15, the Bible says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Listen, if you're saved by the grace of God today, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <clears throat> you know the joy that comes through peace and assurance and knowing you're saved by the grace of God and nothing can take that away. That, that spells joy to me. That spells joy and that helps me to, to ha have a mindset of, of happiness and joy and peace because I know I've been redeemed. I know in whom I have believed. And listen, I know that He's able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. I know that that day will never go without being rewarded. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. We're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Back in our text of Ephesians 1.13, it speaks of the fact that we are sealed. In other words, we are, we are sealed up as I spoke of just a moment ago. The word sealed there, it means, it, it's, a, it's a little Greek word here in, in, in the book of Ephesians that means security and preservation. He's got you preserved, amen? You're sealed. And just like I just said, nothing can take that away. That makes my heart rejoice. Because I know me. And I know that it, within me, within the old man, there's this desire to sin. But listen, the new man is there to, to help me along the way. And I'm sealed and promised that, that God will bless me. Being sealed protects us from anything that could harm or do away with what we have been promised. Again, in Romans 8, 38 and verse 39, it offers the saved sinner true, sure, and guaranteed. Nothing can take away our hope because we are kept by the power far greater than any creature or being. In 1 John 4, I believe it is in verse 4, the Bible states, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, understand something. Being sealed by, by the Holy Spirit of God, listen, protects us. It keeps us. We know the joy. Nothing can take away our hope because we're kept by the power far greater than anything that's within the grasp of the mind. Nothing could take it away. In Jude, verse 1 and 2, notice what it says here in the book of Jude. The Bible says this, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. 
Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. You're saved by the grace of God today. Jude writes here that our mercy and grace has been multiplied. How many times have you come to a place in your life when you said, Oh, I've sinned again. But the Bible states that we have for, for forgiveness for all time. We need to come to Him, plead that forgiveness, and God is, is willing and able and just to forgive us of all, all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the Bible says. In John chapter 10 and verse 28, John 10 and 28, notice what it says here. Now I've got one more point, and I'm going to, God willing, get it in before my radio crowd leaves, but I want you to listen to this. In John 10 and verse 28 and 29, think about what is being said here. The Bible says, and I give unto them eternal life. He's talking about you today that are here. You that are saved by the grace of God. You that have been born again. You that have had your sins forgiven. He says, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I am my Father are one. Folks, I want you to know something today. That brings joy to my heart. If you're saved by the grace of God today, it ought to cause you to, to just stop right now, right where you're at. Forget everything outside these walls. And just think about your joy. God has forgiven you of everything. Oh, what joy. 1 Peter chapter 1, once again, we come back here, and I want you to think about this. This is another one of those chapters I really love dearly. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, to begin with, the Bible says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved. You see that word right there? That means you're going to get it. Reserved means God has got it holding for you. You know, a lot of times, you know, as kids, we, we would go and we'd have somebody reserve us a place in line when you're going to the lunchroom or something. It didn't always pan out, did it? Sometimes the teacher catches you, she'd make you get back to the back of the line anyhow. Yeah, but somebody's reserving that for me. It doesn't matter. You don't belong there. But my salvation can never be taken away from me and I can never be placed somewhere where I shouldn't be because I'm saved by God's amazing grace. Reserved. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice. You see, that's the reason why that I'm talking about this on this Sunday morning. If you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you're saved by the grace of God, you should be greatly rejoicing today with anticipation of looking forward to tonight. Thinking of what He done for us. 
how he shed his precious blood. How that his body was beaten. How that his body was smacked around and the beard pulled from his face and spit upon and all that. And yet, he'd done it for us. He'd done it for us. Folks, I want you to know something. The Bible says in verse 9, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You know the word found in our text, earnest. It is a, it is a legal term. It is a term that uh, should cause us to think for just a moment. You know, a lot of times if we look for something that we want to buy, we'll put money down on it to hold it, won't we? I've got something right now that I'm looking at that, I, that I'm afraid if I don't get back and put money on it, somebody's going to sell it out from under me. I need to go put something down on that to hold it. What has God done to hold our souls and our lives? He has given an earnest. An earnest, an earnest money is, is, is that which is given to to make a, a down payment on, to hold it for you. God's given us earnest. It's His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, listen, has, has, has been placed within us until the day of our redemption. I'm talking about the full redemption of our body, soul. We're being held and protected. This word is, has a Hebrew origin. It means a pledge. Metaphorically speaking, it, it is spoken of the privileges of the Christian in this life, especially the gift of the Holy Spirit as being an earnest, a pledge of future bliss in heaven one day. This sealing of the believer assures us that we will be in heaven one day. We must remember that tonight as we partake of the Lord's Supper. This is the reason why we're going to go to heaven. Because of what He done for us. That's the reason why He says, This do ye in remembrance of me. What's He talking about? What I've done for you to save your soul. God's people can do this because we have been sealed and God's Holy Spirit truly takes His abode within each of us, protecting and guarding us throughout our lives. Now lastly, and I have about six minutes to get through about a half hour's worth of work. But I want you to think about this. The sealing agent. I want you to think about the sealing agent. The down payment for our inheritance. How long is it good for? The Bible states until the redemption of the purchased possession. Until we're heaven bound. Until we go through those pearly gates. Until we're ushered into the very throne room of the Almighty. That's how long that we have this within us. The earnest. The sealing agent of the Holy Spirit will be with us until God takes us home to be with Him.
We truly have been dearly purchased, folks. Our thoughts should be considering the one who redeemed us. 1 Peter 1 verses 18 to begin with begins to explain what it took. What did it take? 1 Peter chapter 1. I was right here. Verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you, are, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you will love one another with pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Oh, that God would remind us this Lord's day to be serious-minded about the Lord's Supper. He gave us this ordinance to remind us of just how great our salvation is and calls us to be filled with the special joy which brings about peace in the inner being and to be mindful of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, which was the purchasing agent of both soul and and body at Calvary. I don't know about you. If you're saved though. I tell you what. You ought to be happy today. You ought to be rejoicing today. Because you've been enabled to trust God. The fact that you're here today. Is encouraging to this preacher. Because this preacher of the gospel knows that it is the power of God unto salvation as the Apostle Paul stated to those that will believe. There's the kicker. There is the door unto salvation believing on what Jesus Christ done for us at Calvary. And once we have trusted, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And once we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, we are kept by the power of God until the day that we're in heaven with Him. I'm joyful today. I thank God today. Now, if you're here and you're lost, you don't know the Lord's your Savior, maybe now, you're, maybe right now you're under conviction. Maybe right now your thoughts, is, your thoughts are, I just don't know. I just don't know. It comes right down to it, folks. You've heard the gospel today. Trust in that. Trust and obey.